everyone and welcome back to the In Our Backyard podcast with me, Jen Galler. This is the Blue Ridge Environmental Defense League's podcast, where I discuss environmental issues that are happening right in our backyards. This episode, I talk with Greg Barnes, who is an investigative journalist with NC Health News. Greg has been instrumental in exposing problems with regulating PFOS and 1,4-dioxane. Before we get further into this episode, I wanted to read you the EPA definition of PFOS so you know exactly what it is. PFOS are a group of man-made chemicals that includes PFOA, PFOS, Gen X, and an estimated 5,000 types of PFOS. PFOS can be found in everything from Teflon pans to raincoats to food packaging and dental floss, just to name a few. So most anything that is non-stick or water resistant has PFOS in it. So most of us have come in contact with PFOS once, if not multiple times in our lives. And I'm also going to link the EPA article that lists everything that PFOS are used in. With Greg, we break down the importance and dangers of them and how industries have been using PFOS since the 40s, but now there are increasingly high levels in North Carolina water systems causing adverse health effects. We also talk about another chemical, 1,4-dioxane, and how this is also showing up in the water. These chemicals are very persistent in the environment and the human body, meaning they don't break down and they can accumulate over time. We discuss ways we can protect ourselves and hold industries accountable for these chemicals. Everything we talk about and access to all Greg's work will be linked in the show notes below. And during the episode, there is some background noise, so I apologize for that, but I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Greg Barnes, who is an investigative journalist with the NC Health News. So my first question is, what was your journey to become an investigative journalist? What I do is I gather an incredible amount of information and I uh, interview a lot of people and I try to write stories, series of stories that are, I hope, easily for people to understand and digest. Started in 1983, my first newspaper. I became an editor for many, many years. And then around 2000, I started doing more reporting again. I did this big story on a guy in Pinehurst who was thinking about running for mayor. So I wrote like a five-part story series on that. And from there, it just kind of blossomed from I've done contamination and groundwater in Cumberland County. I've done stories on poverty, big series on poverty a couple of years ago. Okay. Cover an array of health stories, and I specifically want to get into ones that cover PFOS. So could you just explain what PFOS is, the dangers of it, and background on it all? Yeah, PFOS is... Uh short for fluorinated car compound there's like 5000 of these compounds in existence and they are everywhere almost everybody has some level of pfas in their system um they're used to make things stain resistant or not or slippery you know you're talking teflon pans you're talking popcorn microwave popcorn bags uh pizza boxes uh, rain gear, any, uh, even dental floss has PFAS in it. So anything that's slippery is, PFAS is used to make those things and they're, they're everywhere. So the, the danger is, is that they are 
the two legacy, the oldest ones, PFO and PFOS, those were those have been around since the 40s and 50s. They're you they were used primarily for Teflon and for uh, stain guard, stain resistant uh, carpets, that sort of thing. 3M, DuPont were the two big makers of it. Mm, the PFOS is in these non-stick items and then when you wash it or throw it away is that how it's getting into the water system and groundwater and all of that no it's primarily the manufacture of it is how it's getting into our streams and rivers it's industries that are are discharging into the rivers it's also you know water treatment plants or sewer treatment plants dispose of the sludge they uh they put it on farm fields and then you know, it leaches into the streams and rivers. So those those are the two biggest ways, but it's all it's all man-made. Okay. So the problems with PFAS is the uh, the two, the PFO and PFAS, they have studied studied a lot and they know that uh, that it causes cancer, testicular cancer, liver cancer, kidney cancer, perhaps thyroid cancer. It can also cause uh, low birth weight, preeclampsia, colitis, the list just goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading your one article that says, to put the DEQ data into perspective, the Washington, D.C.-based Environmental Working Group recently tested tap water at 44 locations in 31 states and the District of Columbia. And data from that testing, which was released last week, found measurable levels of PFOS in all but one site. So this is a nationwide problem. It is a nationwide problem. North Carolina is said to have the third worst problem. Followed, I think Michigan and maybe New Jersey have, have worse problems. But we're right up there and, you know, they're just now discovering how much is there and trying to stop it. In that study, uh, Brunswick County had had the highest level of, of any of those 40, what is it, 41 sites that were tested? Yeah, 44. 44 yeah, wow. So what was it like investigating PFOS deeper? And um, did you feel a need to expose the truth there? You know, I think it, this all started, I mean, they've known about PFAS being in the river since 2007, uh, Mark Streiner with the EPA, discovered it in 2006 I believe it was mm-hmm. and but it never really made a huge impact until uh, Detlef Kanapi from NC State until he uh, somewhere around 2014 discovered it in really high concentrations below the Camours chemical plant on the Cape Fear River so in 2017 that's when a newspaper the Wilmington Star News did a did a big story on, on what was in the water. And there, the uh, people were just, you know, it was a tremendous outcry from, from people living there, and, and they should have been. But it's been less, uh, it's been less of a public concern in, in other areas. And, you know, I, that's part of the reason I keep hammering on Pittsburgh and the Haw River and in those areas because they have some really contaminated water and people continue to drink it. Here in Fayetteville, same way, Sanford. Yes, what's happening on a local level in North Carolina to combat the PFOS now that it's more widely known? Well, the Department of 
environmental quality has uh, recently back, I think July, they required uh, 25 municipalities in the Cape Fear River Basin to monitor for these PFAS and 1,4-dioxane. And they found these huge levels coming out of Sanford and Burlington like 4,026 parts per trillion, which is huge in, in Sanford. One of your articles, too, you kind of broke down what the parts per trillion equated to, which I thought was really good. It said, a part per trillion is like diluting less than half a drop of ink into an Olympic-sized swimming pool. So that doesn't seem like too much, but in this context, it can have still a lot of health effects, correct? Exactly. And they still don't know, you know, they know a little bit about this PFO and PFOS, the two big ones that are actually no longer made in this country. Um, but there's 5,000 PFAS and very little is, is known about the health effects of the rest of these. But, you know, more and more they're they're finding out and some states are lowering the level. There's a health advisory, EPA set a health advisory of 70 parts per trillion for PFOA and PFOS. And some states want to go much lower. There was a Harvard study that says, you know, they recommended one part per trillion. So it doesn't take much to really mess up drinking water. With the health effects of that, has that been seen yet, or is that still something that will take a while to see? That is something that uh, is going to take a while to see. They did a uh, health study in Wilmington, and, and surprisingly, they found no Gen X in people's bloodstreams. They took uh, blood samples from, I think, like 300 people, but they found the, these other chemicals, so... There's a lot of study being done to determine in Pittsburgh, uh, researchers at Duke are taking blood samples from people and seeing if they may be, the PFAS may be causing health effects in there and in them. Just this morning got a, got an email from NC State saying they have gotten a $7 million grant to start a uh, laboratory to examine the health effects of of PFAS on people. So, so there's a lot that remains to be, yeah, that remains to be seen. Yeah. So that really shows the impact and importance of it if they're getting this money and putting all this time into research of it. So that's, that's right, really important. Right. Yeah. And the state gave the NC policy collaboratory, what was it, 5 million to research PFAS. So they have gone and they're on their second round of looking at every municipality in the state to see what kind of levels of PFAS are in, in drinking water. And so far, far, they've only found six that exceeded the levels. But So that's encouraging, but still, I mean, still a lot. Yeah, so you're talking about how it's industries that are polluting the PFAS. So are there certain industries in North Carolina that are major contributors to that? And are they being looked into at all for like more regulations? As part of this monitoring program the DEQ is doing, they are now, they just, I think January 31st was the cutoff. They asked 19 industries in the Cape Fear River Basin to test for PFAS and 1,4-dioxane. So they're waiting. I asked them just the other day to uh, to tell me when when those results are back, so we'll get more information. But, you know, Camores was the, uh, 
the big culprit in the lower Cape Fear River. And so in February of last year, they had a consent order that required them to basically stop all polluting of PFAS, both in the air and in the river. It's still getting into the river, but they have done a pretty a remarkable job of, of cutting off. Now, now it's basically coming, seeping out of groundwater and into the river and the soil. Okay. And then we've said the word 1,4-dioxane a couple of times. Could you explain what that is and the relationship with that and the PFOS? 1,4-dioxane is used as a solvent, an industrial solvent or a solvent stabilizer. It is potentially worse for you than, uh, than PFAS. It's, uh, it's classified as a probable carcinogen by the EPA. Um, and it's been found in really high levels as well in the Cape Fear River, and they're, they've been having spikes. An industry will put it in the river, and it'll spike all the way down to Wilmington. They'll, they'll see spikes of 1,4-dioxane. I think they've had like four or five spikes last year in Wilmington. Wow. And then what can people in North Carolina and then also just like nationally do to protect themselves from PFOS and 1,4-dioxane if there's anything? Researchers say the uh, the best method for homeowners is to get an under-the-sink reverse osmosis filtration system. You can buy those for a couple hundred bucks to a couple thousand bucks, but uh, that's that's the best way to do it. In fact, I've been researching myself because we have high levels of both chemicals in, in Fayetteville. So I am going to do that. I was uh, at a meeting well, a week ago or so, and uh, Mark Streiner, the EPA, he had a reverse osmosis system. He's he no longer will eat microwave popcorn. You know, it's kind of an individual how much concern you have that, according to him. But that's that's what he recommends. He does not use Teflon pans. Yeah. And then, is there anything else on the PFOS or one four dioxide that is important or pertinent to know? You know, it's ubiquitous. It's it's in all of us. It, uh, in North Carolina, in in our in the Cape Fear River Basin, it's. I think uh, Dr. Kanapi said it, the basin probably had more 1,4-dioxane in it than anywhere in the country. And it, uh, the big thing is, is that they, right now anyway, the water treatment plants can't filter it. Most of them can't. Wilmington is about to spend $46 million on a reverse, I think now their granular, granular activated carbon system. Uh, Brunswick County spending close to $100 million. Pittsburgh's about to do uh, some reverse osmosis. They're working on it, but the, you know, the the real way to stop this is to get industries to stop polluting. And until that yeah. happens, it's just going to keep going. Do you think there there'll be any regulations on industries on a national level for PFOS? Nationally, they already have some. I think a couple of bills passed this last session one of them was to stop military from using uh firefighting foams for training purposes that contain pfas you know the epa is is looking hard at the problem but it's been looking hard at the problem for decades so there uh there's things in the works especially with the epa that uh, that show promise that'll uh 
put more teeth into some laws that'll get industries to stop. Mm, yeah, I hope so. And then just to finish out, your most recent story caught my attention. It's titled, Can a Toilet Save Lives? Do researchers hope so? Could you just talk a little bit about this story? Because I was reading through it and it, it was pretty interesting. Um, my boss kind of wanted me to get off of PFAS a little bit and do something else. So she said, how about this story? And I said, yeah, really, that's a really interesting. And so I tried to have a little bit of fun with it. It's a really serious story and really important. I mean, what they're trying to do is to make a toilet that... Uh, would be used in underdeveloped countries to to make human waste, take out the pathogens from human waste and make uh, urine be able to reuse it for, you know, flushing toilets. Hopefully in two or three years, we'll be able to perfect this and get it to uh, get it to these countries. That So if they can perfect this, it'll be a huge step. Great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a really interesting story. And then if people want to contact you or connect with you in any other way, is there a way to do that? Yeah, go to nchealthnews.org or uh, email address uh, gregbarnes401 at gmail.com. Thank you so much to Greg for imparting all your knowledge and research on PFOS and 1,4-dioxine. And like Greg said, North Carolina is continuing to follow the EPA health advisory of 70 parts per trillion for levels of PFOS in the drinking water. But other states are considering lowering their levels, some less than 15 parts per trillion. So I will put a link below to see what your state's levels are. I'll also link some reverse osmosis water filtration systems if you want to get one like Greg was talking about and how the guy from the EPA also has one for their tap water. And thank you so much, everyone, and tune in next week for a new episode.